does anybody not have an envelope? Get an envelope even if you weren't ready to give. Make, raise your hand, ushers. Get everybody an envelope if they don't have one, even if they weren't ready to give. Thank you, Lord, for envelopes. It just makes stuff easier. Thank you, Father. Just keep raising your hand till they get one to you. Oh, tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> I don't know if you've been following the noontime prayer, but we started noontime prayer this week on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, then Thursday and Friday. And I told Marky, I said, um, I said, you watch. I said, it just gets sweeter every day. It just gets sweeter and more and more powerful. And uh, I don't know if she believed me or not, but on Friday she was out for about an hour and a half in the Holy Ghost. And uh, so at least she's a believer now. <laughs> so anyway, but it hadn't it been getting stronger and stronger. So she sat there the other day and I, I recognized it. I went, oh, I know what that is. That's, she's in the spirit. And uh, about an hour, we ended, and she was still there for an hour later just sitting, and the power of God was touching her. So if you get the opportunity to be here, it's been good, hasn't it, Sharon? <laughs> it's been good. You get the opportunity to be here, then you should, you should come. And even if you don't, you should esteem it enough to watch online, try to prioritize it. You know, a lot of times one of the things that we miss is we don't prioritize God. We prioritize everything else in life but not God. And, um, and I, I have to correct that in my own self, too. But that's how you move forward in the Lord is you keep prioritizing him. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. First, first, prioritize it and his righteousness. And he'll add all these things. Many times we don't have the things that we need because we hadn't prioritized him. And uh, we need to prioritize him. You know, he'll bless your business if you prioritize him. He'll, he'll bless your home if you prioritize him. He'll, he'll, bless, he'll bless all of it if you prioritize them. So we need to prioritize them. But it, it's like pulling teeth in the American church in this age uh, for people to prioritize him. I don't know why that's so hard. Uh, but our lives literally should be 100% God, not Sunday God. You know, or Sunday morning God because, you know, come 1 o'clock it's football. And, you know. So that was funny. You can laugh. Or don't. Don't, don't, don't give me that laugh. <laughs> don't give me that laugh. So anyway, we need to learn how to prioritize them. Let that challenge you. We need to prioritize the Lord. It should not be hard for you to prioritize the Lord. Your heart should be yearning to do that. And if your heart's not yearning to do that, then you need to ask why. Why is my heart not yearning? You know, I see people all the time making excuses uh, to drink. Well, where is it in the Bible so I can keep drinking my wine, keep drinking my beer, keep drinking this? Uh, where is it? I can, I can do this. I'm under grace. All things are lawful. They're looking for reasons. I, well, I can still go to yoga class, you know. I, I can still go to this. And, I, and they don't realize what they're playing with. And, and a lot of times, but what, why are you looking for reasons to do something that's questionable instead of just saying, you know what, if it's got any touch of the world on it, let me prioritize my life and put it down. Yeah. Like we were talking about this morning, release it. Release it. We should be, it should be so easy for a Christian to prioritize God because our heart is there in that place. And uh, when we prioritize him, 
then things just get simpler. They just get easier. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter 26. How many people would like to see God prioritize finances in your life? <laughs> I would think it'd be stronger than that. Like, amen, glory to God. I'd, I'd like some prioritization from heaven in my finances. That'd be nice. Did you know that that's in your hands? His prioritization of your finances is in your hands. It was his move. He made a move. Now it's your move. And if you will put his kingdom first, your life will be honored. Right? We honor him, he'll honor us. And it's not a fair trade. We're on the better end of that deal. And uh, so uh, if, we will, if we will prioritize, I want to see God prioritize that. And, and not just because, it's not just the kingdom. I want God to prioritize it in your life. I want you to have the blessing. I want you to go do the nice stuff. I want the people that I see every Sunday morning, I want them blessed. I want them being able to send out an Instagram or a Twitter about the nice places that God has sent them. And God wants that too, right? He wants you to be able to go on, on the vacation, do that stuff. The, the problem is we've been working for the vacation instead of working for God. We've not prioritized it. We've not put it in the right place. And then we're, we're seeing the lack in our, in our lives. And then we're like, well, God, why don't I get to do that? Or we'll fuss. But anyway, apparently God wants to talk about that because I was not planning on talking about any of that. But anyway, how would you like to see your finances go up and not just to mention the good things in your life but how would you like to be able to finance the things of God I mean just finance I think right now and you know I'm going to turn off the mic for just a second Um, so online sorry but uh, I believe I believe if we had a certain amount of money right now I think that uh, um we could buy this building. I think we could buy it right now if we had a certain amount of money. I'm going I'm to cut off the mic. I'll cut it back on in just a second. Okay. How many people would like to be able to write that check? So then we have to ask ourselves, how come we can't? Including myself and Nicole, how come we can't? 
Okay, but didn't God say that he would give us all things? I mean, if he'd give us a son, won't he give us all things? And I know many of you are moving towards the place of abundance. And in 2 Corinthians 9, God wants us to have abundance to do every good work. Do you have faith at your, at your command? Do you have faith? Do you have the measure of faith? We know that every person is given the measure of faith. So can you take that faith and can you grow it? Can you, can you build it up? Yeah. Does that faith cost you anything? Nope. It was a free gift. So do you have the ability? Do you have the ability to take faith and say, Lord, I'm believing for more finance so that I can do more good? Yeah, we do. So if we don't do that, if we don't believe God for abundance, we are being really lazy in our faith. We're being really lazy and we're being short-sighted. We're being small thinkers because we're not saying, wait a minute, I've got all of God's graces. He will give me everything he's given me. He's already done it. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He's given me everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's already given me all of that. He's given me all of that. And we don't have at our hands what we should have. Wait a minute. I should be believing. I'm not talking about the body. I'm talking about one person saying, Lord, I'm going to grab a hold of, of your word. I'm going to grab a hold of your promise. And I'm going to have, I will walk in abundance for every good work. I'll walk in abundance for every good work. And all we have to do is just apply faith. And so for us to have faith and to have grace that we can pull from and to not have an abundance means that at some point in our past, maybe it was just a few seconds ago, but maybe you're already on the track, you're on the path. At some point in our, in our past, we have not applied the faith that is available to us or else we would have the abundance for every good work. So going forward, I've got to say, Lord, if I have the ability to draw more abundance so that I can advance your kingdom, that's prioritizing God and what he's given you. And he says, to whom much is given, much is required. Much is given, much is required. How much have we been given? Enough to get it done. Enough to have abundance. We've been given enough to walk and fulfill every good work. And I know most everybody in here, I'm looking around, I don't know anybody that's not a good giver. But what I'm saying is, it's like this morning, we can't just stop with where we've been. We can't stop at mediocrity. We can't stop at even a little bit above average. We've got to think bigger because we got a big God. A big God that's drawing you to big heights. And it's time to break the barrier in your life, in your finances, in your health. It's time to break the barriers. It's time to overcome. But you've got to get to the place where you're starting to expect some big things. And if you're expecting big things, you're giving big things. You're, you're putting things where they ought to be. You're prioritizing God. You're prioritizing. Many times, many of you, I, I, to me, look, what I believe I've, I've seen in the past is that we, many times, we've been a church and we're just, or going back to the message this morning, we're sitting on the launch pad and we're rumbling and we're on fire. But it's those little strings that look so tiny that's holding back this massive force from breaking the gravitational pull of earthly realm. We've got a supernatural power. 
we've got the fire, we've got the, the ship to fly in this, in this person that's been made righteous by Christ. We've got everything we need. And there's these little tiny strings that most people would say, no way that's going to hold it back. And yet he says, cut the sin that so easily besets us. Many times there's just these small little things. And God will call you, hey, you need to let that go. I found that the more mature you get and the more on fire you get, it seems like the stuff that God corrects you on is so small and it seems insignificant, but it's not in the spiritual. See, in the physical, it looks like a thin thread, but in the, in the spiritual, it's huge. It would look like what would look like a piece of thread holding back the challenger, uh, holding back the... the um, no, 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 holding back uh, the space shuttle, right? A thin thread, one thin thread holding back the space shuttle in the physical, in the flesh. It looks so small, and yet in the, in the supernatural, if you could see it with supernatural eyes, it'd be like this big, huge metal structure that there's no way that space shuttle's going to go anywhere. Because in the spiritual, it's bigger than what you think. But in the flesh, it seems like nothing. This is moving into the holiness of God, moving into sanctification. And if we'll do that, we'll see these breakthroughs in our finances as well. Many times, though, what we're doing is we're looking at things around us and we're looking at what's holding us back. Well, I don't have the, the job that somebody else has or I don't have the skill that somebody else has. It's, Jesus would say to you, so what? You got me. Jesus would say, who cares what you got? Who cares what it looks like? Don't you know I'm the one who gives you favor? Don't you know I'm the one who gives you good ideas? Who cares? Watch what I can do. Put your life in my hands and just be obedient to me. If you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient. Here in Genesis 26, verse 1. Now there was a famine. The surroundings didn't look good. There was a famine in the land. Man, it didn't look good. Well, the political climate's not good to start a business. Says who? There's a famine in this land. There's a famine in the land. Besides the previous famine, this was not the previous famine. This was a new one. That it occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. There was a famine in the land. You feel like sometimes you got a famine in your finances. You feel like you got a famine in your life. You feel like you got this famine going on. God doesn't seem to care about the famine. He goes on and he gives Isaac this big inheritance based off of what he sowed. Famine or not. Famine schmamming. Whoop-de-doo-wah. Who cares? Well, whoopity-doo. God didn't care. He was sitting up in heaven just going, I don't care that it looks like famine. I, I, look at this. God's saying, there ain't no famine in me. Right. Are you in me? There's no famine here. 
Now see, people in the flesh, they don't know what to do with that. I remember Jerry Savelle sitting on a plane one time. He saw him read news about the depression. He says, I have no part with that. And the guy next to him, oh, he got mad. He got like cussing mad. How come you don't have, everybody's got a part with that? He says, I don't have any part. Why? Because he knew who he was in Christ. It doesn't matter what's going on in the land. Famine, shmammon. Doesn't make any difference. He's got a God that doesn't live in famine. We're in him and he's in us. There's a famine in the land besides the previous famine. Verse 2, the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land and I will be with you and bless you to you and your descendants and I will give all these lands. I will give. Not, not you will work for and you, yeah, he'll do the work that God tells him to do, but look who's given it here. It's given. I will give you the lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. Now, look, I want you to see he said, don't go down to Egypt, because what did Abraham do? When there was a famine, he went down to Egypt. Many times what we do is we try to copy uh, people. You know, we copy God's word to somebody else. God, God said, hey, but God's got a fresh daily bread for you today. He's got something for you to do, and, and it might be to follow the path of somebody else. But when it says over in Hebrews, when it says to follow them who faith and patience inherit the promises, it's not saying go do the exact same plan exactly. It's saying follow them as they were obedient. As they heard from God for themselves and they spent time in the throne room with God and they heard God and then were obedient to their word, then that's the same way that we need to follow them. Spend time ourselves at the feet of the Savior. And when he speaks, get up and be obedient and willing and you'll eat the good of the land. So Isaac didn't have, see, I imagine he would have thought, well, I'm, I need to go down to Egypt like my dad did. I need to go down there, and, and if I go down there, I'll experience the same thing that he did. But, but God said, no, don't do that. i got a different plan for you. It'll come through the same. It'll come through great. You'll, you'll have great things. But don't just assume that you're going to go do it like somebody else did. Many times people in churches today, they're like, well, what are y'all doing over there? And I, love, I love Pastor Rodney's thing. And you, I, I told you about this before. It's like, you know, first time I'm going out of country to a third world country. I'm like, hey, Pastor Rodney, you got any uh, advice for me? He said, yeah. I was like, oh, boy. You know, I'm getting out my po he, and my notes, and I'm like, ready. He said, hear from the Holy Ghost and be obedient. I don't have to write that down, Pastor Rodney. I got that one already. Yeah, thank you. He said, that's it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's great. But you know what? That's it. Just hear from the Holy Ghost and be obedient. But see, most people are not comfortable with that kind of word. Do you know why? Because they're not comfortable hearing from the Holy Ghost. They don't have that kind of relationship because they haven't been sitting at the feet of Jesus. Remember he said, you know, Martha, 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 Martha. You know, is she up serving? She's, she's all in the kitchen. She's, we got a house full of people. Somebody's got to feed these people. Well, apparently Jesus didn't know that when he was in the wilderness. He, did, he was like, no, disciples, go and y'all get some food and go buy some food and bring it back here. No, 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 no. He didn't, he didn't have to get anything ready. He just said, all right, we're sitting at, sitting at the feet of the master. And Father, um, what do you want to do? Oh, give me those loaves and fish. Martha's being busy. Mary's seating at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says this. Martha, one thing 
is needful. And Mary has found this thing. Now, if your ditch is to never get up and go do anything, he's not telling you to sit at home and wait for it to come to your door. He's saying, hear from God and then go do what it is. Just like with the manna that, that manifested in the desert. If they didn't get up, get out of their tent and go pick it up each morning, it was a supernatural creation, a supernatural miracle. But they had to actually physically get up and go get that thing. They heard from the Lord, then they had to be obedient to go do the work that he's told them to do. So I'm not telling you to sit at home in your prayer chamber, in your closet, and just wait for somebody to come knock on the door. The Lord will do that sometimes. But generally, he's in that place. He's going to tell you what to do. Now, if you're there for six months waiting on uh, the Lord to tell you what to do, you got a problem. Six months is too long not to hear from God. There's, some, there's, a, there, there's a disconnect somewhere. You want to make sure you're hearing from the Lord. And, and obviously, if you've gone six months yet and talked to your pastor, that, that's an issue. Uh, you, you, need, you need to talk. Reach out, you know. Uh, reach out and call someone. <laughs> I was just thinking about those cords, you know, you used to have to unwind, unplug, and unwind, and you could only talk as far as the cord would go, and some of y'all don't know anything about that today, but it's funny to me that I never thought that would be something that's unknown, but it is, it's unknown. Luke has no idea what I'm talking about. We need to make sure that it's connected. Marky, Marky went like this. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he said to this, now watch this. The Lord does not forget his promise. The Lord does not forget his covenant. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and I will give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law, so Isaac lived in Gerar. He was obedient. He was obedient. Verse 12. Now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year one hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Now Isaac sowed in the land. Which land? The one that had famine in it. Can you imagine that? Think about this. This is what we kind of pass over. Isaac's in the land, looking over the land. Famine to the right. Famine in the front. Famine to the left. Famine all around. And he's out there breaking up the ground, planting seed in famine. That looks crazy. See, that's the way the world looks at you when you plant seed in God's house. You're giving something to a God. You can't. All they see is you're just giving it to the people. And, of course, some men have taken advantage of that, of course. But they, that doesn't mean that it's not true. It looks crazy to them. And then especially, oh, have you seen my bank account and you're taking up an offering right now? That looks crazy. It also looked crazy to the widow lady and the other widow lady who received her son back to life, and it looked crazy to the lady who had no more food, uh, and it looked 
crazy to the lady whose sons were about to go into bondage and all she had was a little bit of oil. It looked crazy to the little boy with the loaves and fishes. Um, this is God's way. When it looks crazy, give. When it looks crazy, give. It's God's way. It's God's way. Well, I don't like that. I don't know that I like it either, but it's God's way. I can't get around that. That's his word. In the famine, when it looks crazy, give. What? That's nuts. I know. But I'll tell you this. When Nicole and I just decided to prioritize God's word and start doing that, even when it looked crazy, you know, one, you know I, you, many of you have heard the story, but there was one point where uh, uh, we had about, I think it was about $200 a month in offering to $250 going out. It might have been less than that. It wasn't much in offering every single month. Now, we were thrilled to be there because there was a point where it was like $5 a month going out. So this was a big blessing to us, you know, that much going out. But it looked like our income was dropping. So now each month we were going to be negative 1000 from where we were before. So here's, now I want you to see this. So in other words, even if we give up what we were given in offering, we would have been at negative 750. All logic, negative 750. That's a famine. That's a famine. But by this point, this word had become more real to us than what we saw on paper. This, the Bible had become more real to us. It was alive. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and I'm like, and the devil says, man, you can't afford to give anymore. You can't afford to sow. And I went, we can't afford to give. Whoa, wait a second. That crossed something. It set off a trap in my mind, set off that red flag. I was like, whoa, we can't afford to give. We can't afford not to give. I said, devil, matter of fact, just for bringing it up, I'm going in. I logged right into the bank account and I raised, I raised the offering to somebody. Just, uh, I'm raising it. Forget about you, devil. I'm raising it. I'm not putting up with that kind of thing. And you want to bring some more thinking, I'll raise it again. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> you don't know who you're messing with. <laughs> you get like that. First of all, devil don't know what to do with you, and neither does anybody else. I was like, we'll be crazy. I, listen, I don't care. Like, it already looks like we're going backwards. Let's do it good, you know? It looks crazy to sow like that. It looks crazy. Guess what? The $1,000 came out of our paycheck, and I don't know how we paid the bills, but I, I was more comfortable after the $1,000 came out than I was before. I don't know what, how I still, to, I'm pretty decent at math. I can't figure it out. Besides telling you it was supernatural, I don't know what happened, but somehow it worked out. I mean, I did the math, and I'm like, what, what changed? I can't see. I, it's like, what happened exactly? The most I figured out, the Lord shifted our finances the exact same month in supernatural ways. But the most I could figure out that he moved was about six or $700. There was still like $600 completely unaccounted. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I mean, that's not something you can't figure out. But I couldn't figure it out. And I'm good at numbers. 
That's like my strength, and I couldn't figure it out. I can tell you what happened. So he did something supernatural in our finances because I would not know. I'm not putting my seed away just because the world has announced famine. When we've done this, when we've applied this thinking, we receive the same kind of stuff that Isaac did. And watch, watch what it says here, verse 12. Now Isaac sowed in the famine land and reaped in the same year. The same year. It wasn't three or four years down the road. It was the same year. Some of y'all need to be put in faith right now. I'm receiving this year. I'm talking about 2019 my house is getting paid off. I'm talking about 2019 I'm paying that car off. I'm talking about 2019 that business is paid off. I'm not waiting until 2020. 2020 I can see the solution. 2020 can wait. I'll get a bunch of stuff in 2020. 2019. I, you got to get some resolve on your faith. I'm not waiting that long. I'm receiving my healing now. I'm receiving my provision now. See, you ought to see this and say, you ought to get excited. He received it the same year. I'm receiving it the same year. God is not a respecter of person. You can't sit there on faith and be like, amen, that's a good message, pastor. That's a good message. No, you got to, this ought to bother you. It ought to bother you. We received a word uh, from the Lord some years ago. It hit me later on that he promised that he would give us our house. He promised that he would give us our house. Years later, I figured out that he made that promise and what he said. I didn't catch it at the beginning. You know, sometimes I have been slow in the past. And this was one of them that I just missed it. And then I went back and was reviewing. He said, I have given you this place. Right. For many years. I just focused on the many years. I didn't focus on the I have given you. And all of a sudden I, I was repeating that word to myself and confessing that word. And all of a sudden I heard him say, I have given you. Yeah. Past tense. Given you. I'm like, what? <laughs> given me? Yeah. Ruh what? Given me? Given me? Well, then I receive it. And then I got really frustrated with myself for, one, not noticing it like eight years before, ten years, twelve years before. But then, all right, well, then what am I waiting on? It's not like God's going to give it to me again. He's already done it. He's already given you a harvest. It's just waiting on you to get to planting, famine or not. It ought to start to irritate. Wait a minute. I can walk in abundance. I can walk in abundance now. This year. This is not a place to go. Oh, I'm so bad. I've never received a harvest in this year. That's not the place to condemn yourself. It's the place to, to back up and go, oh, I can have that? Well, then by God, I'll get it. And, and stop being... Uh, uh, Walking in false humility with your faith. Utilize your faith and let's get some things accomplished this year. This year. This year. You see that? Hallelujah. I wrote this down. It's in my little notes written on the side of the page right here. Watch this. Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in that same year. The, the famine land, by the, by the way. Isaac sowed in the famine land and reaped the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. It says, now, is this a supernatural blessing? I mean, like, this is not normal, right? Anybody agree with me? This is not normal. 
let me ask you this question. Did, did God plant Isaac somewhere? Yeah, he said, don't go, don't go to Egypt. Plant yourself where you're at in Gerar, right? I wrote down here, blessings are in the place God plants you. Had he gone to Egypt and tried this, it wouldn't have worked. Blessings are in the place God plants you. Thirteen. Say, this is me. This verse is talking about me. And the man, not some spiritual, supernatural angel creature, the man, the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. Now, are we talking about spiritual riches here? No. What kind of riches are we talking about? Seed, harvest, famine, real physical stuff. So when it says he became rich, what kind of riches are you talking about? I'm talking about stuff. Stuff. Land, cattle, gold, silver. This gives you a legal right to believe God for that kind of stuff today. This is not you being, you know, super spiritual by putting this off say, oh, well, I don't need to have that. That is a, a lie straight from hell so that you won't have the stuff you need to do good work. Right. It's a lie. Right. It is a demonic deception doctrine yep. that, well, I just need Jesus and that's enough. Yeah, Jesus is enough, but what's in Jesus? Right. What comes with Jesus? There's a lot in Jesus. There's a whole lot in Jesus. It's called the full gospel for a reason. Because inside the gospel, it is full of the blessing of God. It is full of the blessing of God. And it's something where you need to say, I'm, I'm receiving that now for me. I'm not waiting. I don't care if nobody else in here does it. By God, I'll pay off the building myself. And I'm doing it this year, that kind of thing. I'm talking about faith that reaches up to heaven and says, what can I have? What can I have in Christ? What can I do for you and through you and give you the glory for? Not just because you do it, because he wants to do it through you. Somebody that, that puts on that kind of supernatural faith and says, I'll do it, and I'll do it this year. How? I have no idea. All I know is I'll get at the feet of Jesus, and he'll tell me something to do, and I'll be obedient and do the work, and he'll bless it. Because I'm planted, and I'm listening, I'm willing and obedient. And the man became very rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. So much so. Listen to this. All right, what kind of stuff? 14. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. He had. You know what's interesting? I was listening not too long ago. I think it was Bill Winston. And he was saying this. I was listening to one of his podcasts. He said this. So you're telling me that if somebody goes out and wins the lottery, they can go buy a plane. And that's okay? Anybody got a problem with that? If they win the lottery, they can go buy a plane? I mean, there'll probably be people that fuss a little bit, but, but most of the time we're okay with that. Well, he won the lottery. He can go buy a plane. Okay. So you can go do something that's really on the edge of being godly, not godly. Let's just say that because it is. You, you're going to put your trust in a ticket, but not God. Okay, so you're turning the ticket into your source. Right. Okay, all right. So anyway, so 
And not saying that God couldn't tell somebody, hey, go, go buy a lottery ticket. But generally he don't, just in case anybody's wondering, he don't normally say that. Uh, that's generally our flesh wishing and hoping, trying to figure out something to get out of your situation because we haven't applied faith to what he actually said. Moving on. So then, so it's okay for somebody to buy a plane if they win the lottery. But if somebody does something godly according to the word, like have faith, it's not okay for them to have it because they use faith. Now, wait a minute, that's, that's messed up. That thinking was already messed up. That's messed up. Did you hear about Pluto? That's messed up. He didn't have spiritual blessings. He didn't have spiritual blessings. I mean, he had them, and that's why he had physical blessings. But the blessings we're talking about here, they're physical. They're physical. Flocks, herds, and a great household. Listen, the Philistines envied him. The Philistines looked at his life and went, Man, I won't be like Isaac. I just got it good. I could serve God if I had it good like Isaac. That was funny. It's funny to me. I'm laughing on the inside. I can't laugh at my own jokes. Y'all got to laugh for me, okay? Y'all are all quiet. You're receiving. You're thinking on it. You're pondering. Okay, that's what it is. All right, just checking. Listen to this. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. How many people liked your blessings? <laughs> oh, they just got blessed. They just received an inheritance. They just got this. They just got that. And all of a sudden, they're like, let's go stop up his wheels. <laughs> I don't like him anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> people don't like it when you get blessed. Well, you were all fine until you won the lottery. Now you're all snobby. Just go on, you know. They envied him. People don't like it when the blessing of God comes on you. They, they, you know. Now what will happen is they'll watch you. They, they, oh, this is so funny. That that first they're like, you know, we don't like you anymore. Let's let's make it hard on them. So they fill up the wells, and then look at the next verse. This this is exactly how the world acts. Verse sixteen, and and think about this. This let's well talk about how the world acts, but I want you to see how powerful he was. How blessed was Isaac in the famine when he was crazy to sow? Then Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are too powerful. What kind of blessing was this man walking in? That'd be like one man in the city of Albemarle becoming so blessed that Albemarle city government comes to him and says, you got too much stuff. Nobody can do business properly because you're like a monopoly around here. You got to leave Albemarle. Go, go move somewhere. That's how big it is. That's one man. Now, see, some of us are going, wow. But see, I'm looking for the person that goes. <laughs> Lord, help me be that man. Yeah. I'm looking for that this year. I'm looking for that kind of faith. This year. So, see, some of you are like, oh, yeah, that's a good preaching. 
Yay. And then some of you are like, Lord, make it mine. There's an abundance. There's some things. There's some souls need to be won. I'll put it in its right place. I'll put it in its right place. He sowed in a famine. And he was so blessed that everybody said, you got to move somewhere else. I'm looking for the people that will say, that's me. Make me that, Lord. Make me, make me the one who's blessed. Now, I'm telling you, when you get blessed, though, don't forget who got you there. Right, right. That happens to a lot of people. Because yeah. we talk more about the blessings than the heart and the character to keep you there. So don't just go after it because you love money. Go after it because you love God and money doesn't have any part with you. But you just utilize it for good because it's reflecting. Money will magnify your heart. Money will magnify your heart. But then, isn't this just like the world? If you go and keep on reading down around verse 26, here's what they did. They said, they said, oh, Isaac got blessed. I don't like him anymore. Filling his, filling his will. Stupid Isaac. Then they say, go away from us, Isaac. You all big-headed now. You think you're something now that you're born again. Go to that church that believes in prosperity. Now blessings coming on you. You just think you're holy. Go away from us. But then in verse 26, they come back and they're like, well, Isaac, we... Uh, we see that the blessing of God is on you. Will you take part with us so we can have some of that blessing on us as well? <laughs> Would you please take part with us? It's exactly how the world does because they'll watch you. They'll fuss with you, kick you away. You'll, they'll watch the blessings. And then all of a sudden, when they watch you for long enough, they'll say, eh, I need what they got. And they'll come to you in the middle of the night and say, will you pray for me? Why? Because they were crazy enough to sow in the famine and it kicked it all off the the widow lady was crazy enough to give all the oil she had you realize she, she didn't know what was going to happen she was just being obedient to her that oil was going away it was an offering crazy enough to give the last cake before we eat and die crazy enough little kid childlike faith I love it to, here's my lunch like you know, do you know what a big deal that would be to Luke? <laughs> like, that would be an offering. Like, that would be an offering. Like, you're, you're taking my whole lunch? Like, no, nah, let me have some of that bag. I, it ain't going around here. It's, it, he wouldn't be, he, no, it was an offering. Okay, here, take my lunch. In the famine. There's no, we're, we're out in the middle of the wilderness. I don't have anything to eat for I don't know how long I got to get back. Here's, here's my loaves and fishes. Here's my loaves and fishes. See, when we get God in a priority in our lives and in our finances, all of a sudden things change. And so, as you're given tonight, and, and look, don't give. Do not give as a part of, well, he, he just did a nice offering message. I'll give him that one. Well played, Pastor. Well played. Uh, don't give because it was a good offer message. <laughs> Give because, Lord, I trust your word. And this is who I am. And I see clearly this is who you are. If you want you know, give online like I did earlier. I didn't have cash on me, but I gave online. You can go to bcgive.org. But just let's get our offering ready and let's stand up. 
And whether you came prepared to give tonight or not, I want you to give this envelope like it's the greatest. And I want you to do two things. When you plant, when you plant that seed into the ground, you know, you're not really in famine. This is not famine. You know, a lot of people think that, like, it's hard to make money. Good gracious, we are in the easiest time to make money. Did you know what you can do in Charlotte? I mean, right now, all you got to do is basically have a decent car, and you can sign up on Uber and start making some extra money. It's like the easiest time ever to make money. And people are, people are you know, well, I need a job. I've seen the same people needing a job now for six years. That's not the market. That's not the famine. That's you, dude. That's you. <laughs> well, you're just rude. No, I'm, I'm real. That's you. In Charlotte, me and evangelist Teddy Shuttlesworth, we scooted all around the town on these little scooters. Did you know you can make money? You just go by and pick up the scooters, which the app tells you where they're at. You go by, grab the scooters, put them in your car, take them to your house and plug them up overnight and you can make money. It's, I saw on the app, it's like, wanna make some money? Charge our scooters. It's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Man, if I was in Charlotte, I wanna make a little extra money, I'm picking up some scooters. It even tells me, I don't have to go looking for them, it tells me where they're at. It's crazy. It's not famine. However, <laughs> man, I'm in a messing mood tonight. <laughs> See, and the only reason you have a problem with it is if I'm in your mess. <laughs> if I'm not in your mess, you're like, yeah, amen, that's really funny. But if I'm in your mess, you're like, mm -hmm. I understand. I've been there. But don't stay there. Don't stay there. I'm giving you the things to come out of it. When you plant this, I want you to do two things. I want you to say, number one, Lord, hey, Father, I'm planting this tonight. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the amount. It matters your heart. Lord, I'm planting this tonight, and as I plant this, I'm not in a famine, and I'm definitely not in a famine in you. I'm receiving. As you plant that thing in there, you ought to be saying, Lord, I believe I have received in the name of Jesus. I receive that harvest back now. It's mine. It's coming to me. It's manifesting now in Jesus' name. That's number one. Number two, Lord, as I plant this, as I plant this, Lord, Lord, I'm doing it because I love you. I'm not giving to a church or a ministry. I'm giving to you. This church or ministry represents you, but I'm giving to you. I'm sowing because I have a heart to give to you. I love you and love gives, and I plan it with all my love. Yes, I expect to receive something because your word tells me to, but even if your word didn't tell me to, I'm giving to you out of my so do those two things. Father, right now, we just thank you. Lord, everything that people are holding in their hands, Father, thank you, Lord, for it. 
thank you. We just praise you. Lord, thank you for giving us the ability to plant something, for giving us the seed. Your word says you give seed to the sower. And even tonight, if they weren't prepared to give, they were given an envelope that they can sow back into the church. We gave it to them. Now it's theirs to do whatever they want to. They can sow it right back. They have seed that's kick-starting their harvest. Lord, I'm asking you for a supernatural harvest on it. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring your seed. Glory to God. Please be seated. So like, oh, so some people are like, that wasn't a message. <laughs> that was just the offering. Well, <clears throat> it was a message. I got another one for you. <laughs> That's what some people say. You know, one of the things I've found out is this. I was thinking about this. I've watched over the years how when I preach on finances, people leave the church. <laughs> I mean, it is true. I've watched that uh, multiple times. Um, I'm just imagining people watching this broadcast, and they're like, He's putting his hip out there. Look at him. He's just showing up. No, there's a table right here. I've got to, if I'm going to lean, it's here. Is this better? There. Is that better? All right. I am in such a mess mood tonight. But you know, the, the Lord's like that too. People think that the Lord doesn't joke. The Lord jokes. The Lord jokes. And he'll, and he'll pick on you. You know, one time I was at a meeting. I don't know if I can tell that. <laughs> I don't know. The Lord jokes. He picks on you. And, but it's good. It's not harsh. There, in the word it says harsh jesting. But uh, he'll pick on you anyway. I just feel like picking tonight. But at the same time, you know what we're doing? We're breaking up those spiritual bondages that have been holding you back. Have you ever... Um, Anybody ever had like calcium build up in your muscles? One time I had, uh, I, I had a tennis elbow where I'd played tennis for years and I never had any treatment or anything. Nothing, I didn't know what to do. Um, so my ignorance hurt me later on. And uh, so I went into the chiropractor. He said, yeah, you got, I said, I think I got tennis elbow. It hurts so bad and everything. He was like, oh, you just got calcium build up. I'm like, oh, yeah. He says, yeah, put your arm across here. And, uh, you know, he, I put my arm across the table and then he got this little thing, looked like a little bat, but it was a roller, you know. And, and then he's already told me, so I already got my arm out there, so I feel like, as a man, I can't pu pull it back. But he, as, as he gets down there, he's like, this is going to hurt. <laughs> I was like, I don't want it to hurt. <laughs> I, I really don't. And uh, 
man, I saw stars. Holy cow. He, that was an understatement, what he told me. That, was, that felt like a lie. It was more than hurt. It was like, and he was rolling that thing. Like, and what's happening is that calcium buildup, he was, it's breaking up, right? And man, it, but after that, my arm didn't hurt anymore. I was like, glory, I got a new arm, you know? But it hurt because all that calcium, that, that buildup there, uh, as it broke up, and it was like, I guess it just was, I don't know. I don't know all the details. It hurt. It hurt. And um, so I felt like I was going to shoot through that roof. And, uh, you know, but had I treated it right all along the way, it probably wouldn't have been so bad, but I didn't know. I was ignorant of it, and my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And sometimes when you have something where the Lord, he's, he's like using humor to go in there and, and help you break up something that's really hurting your life. And he'll use that and he'll joke with you and pick with you. And, and at one point he did that to me really funny. I mean, I, I, was, I was in the middle of the service and he told me something and it, it was really funny. And I did not expect the Lord to say that, um, but it made me laugh. I about fell on my chair. I was laughing so much. I was like, oh my goodness, that is really funny, Lord. And he just smiled at me. And uh, so my point is, you know, sometimes it's right for the Lord to mess in our lives and to work on us, you know, help us, help us to break through those points. And that's how he does it many times. And sometimes it's right for him to just fashion a whip, right? I mean, I'm just saying. That's exactly what he did. He, he fashioned a whip and drove out the money changers. And that was right, because Jesus couldn't have sinned, so it wasn't a sin to drive them out with a whip. Well, that'll give you something to think about. I'll let you chew on that. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you'll get an answer. Um, I'm just messing. But one thing I've noticed is that when you teach on money, it, it drives people out of the church. And for a long time, I didn't want to teach on money. But now, I don't mind driving people out of the church. So I'm just like, I'm kind of like, enjoy it. Like, I've kind of decided in my brain, I'd kind of rather teach on money all the time. Like, it's kind of fun. Like, I'm, I'm envious that Nicole gets to do the offering every Sunday morning. I'm like, I want to do the offering. I want to drive some people out of the church. And... Um, <laughs> She didn't drive as many people out of the church as I do. It's when I preach on it that they go. That's not true. You do drive out some people. <laughs> That's actually true. Uh, <laughs> you do it. <laughs> then you're okay. You do it in love. You're okay. So one thing I've noticed is that one, one time I had some people that were coming to the church and they were coming and they seemed to like it and everything. And you know how sometimes you can tell if somebody has a spiritual issue? And I was like, they got some issues. I might not know what they all are, but they're there. I see you. And um, I was preaching. And then one day I get up and... Uh, I didn't know what I was preaching, and the Lord says, oh, preach this message, <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't want to preach that message, because <laughs> I don't think they're going to like it, and uh, it was on giving, and uh, 
Sure enough, that's the last time I saw those people. There and their issues got driven out by a message on money. <clears throat> Not too long ago, um, you know, I've seen it multiple times. Boom, boom, boom. Preach on giving. Preach on giving. And, and I, you know what I realized? I realized that around Jesus... The religious people were far away from him, but not near him. And I went, oh, hmm. And do you know what Jesus preached on more than anything else? Money. So in other words, by him preaching on money, it kept, I think he was using his tool. I think Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Well, I think he wanted people to be blessed because if they hear the message, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word so that he wanted them to be blessed and walk in abundance too. But I think he was also, because I know, like even, you know, today, um, the Lord will tell me at specific times, like y'all remember, some of you will remember this. Um, Some of you will remember when the Lord started telling me to preach longer and I didn't want to preach longer. I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. I don't have any more notes. He said, keep preaching. I was like, I think the people are going to leave. He said, keep preaching. Now, some of y'all made the cut, and you're still here. But, <laughs> but not everybody. Some people left. And I've found that he'll use certain things to keep the congregation clear so that you can be in unity. And you know what's more important than numbers? Unity. And so he'll use a certain message to keep unity. Do you know how many people need to be hearing this message tonight? All of them. Yep. And so, do you <laughs> <laughs> unity is important. I mean, even today, there's something I said very specifically. I knew what the Lord told me to do. Um, you remember? And it was to keep unity And to keep the religious out. And I think Jesus knew. Why? I think Jesus knew what he was doing. And by preaching money, it helped drive people out whose issue was money. Pretty much, a.k.a. almost every religious spirited person. And so I think he used it on purpose to keep the unity in the crowd. And um, so I, I bet, I would bet you there's a scripture on that. I haven't found it yet. It's kind of a new thought. But I would bet you that there's some backup for that spiritually. But I do know that in Jeremiah, he says, uh, just turn there. Jeremiah chapter 1, I think it's verse 10. Go to Psalms, turn right, keep turning. Now see here he says to uh, Jeremiah, he says in verse 7, But the Lord said to me, Jeremiah 1, 7, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Now that's the key. Go where he says to go and speak what he says to speak. That's the key. And you know what? Sometimes that is not going to be pretty in the eyes of pharisaical people, Pharisees. It's not going to be pretty in their eyes, and that's okay. That is okay. 
I'm really good with that. Now, I wasn't always good with it, but I'm good with it now. And there's been times even where I knew, I know one Sunday morning in specific, we had some people visiting us, and the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, they do not belong here. He said, I want you to preach and preach hard. Now, if that was your only, only day that you'd ever been to Boomerang, you probably would have said, man, he's a hard preacher. I don't like him very much. But if you'd have come back next Sunday, I'd, I'd recovered. But, um, <laughs> but that day, it was hard. It wasn't hard. It wasn't, on the, it wasn't hard to the people. It was hard to the people that weren't supposed to be here. Yeah. And so I made sure they didn't come back. And I knew what I was doing when I did it, but I was preaching hard. And uh, so if you'd only looked at one little snapshot of it, it's kind of like, you know, screenshots when you, you know, pause a picture and that one shot is like, ooh, I didn't think that person was that ugly. But that shot, <laughs> that changes things, you know. Well, if you just saw that one snapshot, it would look ugly in some people's eyes. And so a lot of times that's what people look at. But if you, if you understood what was actually going on, the Lord tasked me as a shepherd with a rod right. to beat the wolves out. And I did. That wasn't too long ago. And I will. So that's me doing my job as a shepherd. And I'll do it. Because I ain't scared. <laughs> I ain't scared. It, and, and that's okay. But I wasn't always like that. I was like, I just want everybody to be happy. That, that was back year one. That was when I was nice pastor. Now I'm a real one. <laughs> everywhere I go, everywhere you tell me to go, I'll go. And everything you want me to speak, I'll speak. I've said this, I've been saying this a lot to Barrett recently. There's more going on than what you see. There's always more going on than what you see. There's always more going on than what you see. There's a lot more going on than what you see. And that's where you have to find people who have consistent fruit. You have to watch them. And will they mess up every now and then? Sure, they'll mess up every now and then. They'll, they'll miss the mark. They'll, they'll miss some stuff. But that's when you watch their fruit, over, especially over a number of years, and say, you know what? They have been consistent, and their fruit is godly. Maybe they messed up this one Sunday. Maybe they messed up. And I've definitely done that multiple Sundays, not just one um, year of Sundays. Um, I've messed up. A lot, but if you watch the fruit over the years, you'll say they're they're producing the fruit of God. That's love, and you know, because one one other thing, you can see somebody walk in power for a while, but you can't watch them walk in power for all of their life without their heart and their character being right. Because the gift may open doors for you, but character will keep you through the door, right? And so, in order for them to produce fruit for a long period of time, they've got to have the godliness character operating in their lives to, to be there. And so don't just take a snapshot of somebody, but understand the full fruit and the full character. And uh, that's why you don't want to just go to everywhere that everybody's rushing to and listening to. Just because everybody's listening to them today. I mean, my goodness. Look at some of the stars, the kid stars that Disney's put out. It's ridiculous what they're talking right Anyway, so he says, go where I tell you to go. Speak what I tell you to speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. 
In other words, he gave him authority over the nations and over the kingdoms to build and plant and make beautiful things. Well, that comes, but that's not before this next part. There's four things. This is God working in Jeremiah to do something. What's he doing here? Look here. To pluck up and break down. To destroy and overthrow. And to build and to plant. Most people just want to see the building and planting, but they never want to see the old foundations plucked up and plucked up and broken down. They don't want to see them destroyed and overthrown. But a leader who's worth their salt knows that those things have to take place. And you don't always get to see the building and the planting. You have to have the times where you are destroying the works of enemy, even trying to come against a congregation whose heart is pure. The devil will surely send people in that are trying to destroy it. And so the Lord will give, uh, an, a, the Lord will give a message that will destroy the works of the enemy, that will pull down the things of the kingdom of darkness, that will overturn the tables of the money changers, right? The, and the Lord's behind that. Why? Because what he's doing, he's clearing, cleaning spiritual house. He's having, you know, he's constantly spring cleaning so that the place will smell like him. And it takes a leader who understands that, who will go where God says to go and says what God says to do. And sometimes he does it and it's a strong message like that message I was telling you about that one day it was a hard message. Uh, and I was preaching hard. And sometimes he'll do it with laughter. And sometimes he'll joke around. And he'll, he'll do it different ways. And, and, and you have to understand that uh, sometimes, some days a message is not for you. you know, in other words, it was for one person. What if just today, what if today uh, all of this message was for nobody in here but just for Paul? What if today this message right now is just for Paul? Would that be Okay. Why are you here? If it's just for Paul, why are you here? It could have been for you. Other people can receive revelation from it and impartation from it. You're also bringing your supply of faith. Because if it's just for Paul, your draw on the things of God could draw more out just for him. But here's the thing. What if it wasn't for you today, but it was just for him? Well, then praise God. Today was his day. Next week, it'll be your, your day. You see? And so we've got to get over wanting to see everything line up with our little mindset and our little box of what we think everything should do. We've got to be okay with that. We've got to understand that God knows how to work all this. And generally what he does in each one is he, he actually many times is he'll give a message, and it is for most everybody anyway, but then he'll throw out a little, you know, rabbit trail here for that person. And, and then somebody's sitting in there going, you know, in their very religious spirit, why does he always go down these rabbit trails? I don't like it. Wouldn't it don't he just, why don't he just stay on the notes in their little religious mind? Not knowing that that person just asked God about that rabbit trail this morning. And that was God himself answering something that I had no idea about. But they just got touched by God. But their religious self is so selfish that they don't understand there's more going on than what you can see. And so that's where we need to ease off. <laughs> Relax. And let the Lord do what he does. Watch the people that produce the fruit of the kingdom of God. 
trust those people because over time, if they've done it for years, they're going to keep on doing that. They're going to keep making those choices in the right decision. Trust those people and uh, believe that, okay, if they're doing that, they're doing it for a reason. And if they're not, if they just completely missed it and they're messing up, I can put on my big boy britches and forgive them, yep. right? Man, I just solved like a lot of years of church problems right there. <laughs> That's the most amazing thing. Wow. Okay. Some people that know me know I might have stopped talking, but I've not stopped in my head. <laughs> in my head, it's still going. And that's why I'm smiling, and y'all can't partake. It's just for me. <laughs> still going. Hebrews 6.12. That was a free, that was the second message. This is third breakfast. Hebrews 6.12. Do you believe that this next message is going to be the shortest one yet? At least you're honest. That's good. <laughs> I want to see something funny. <laughs> I am so impressed, William. That was impressive, sir. It was smooth, too. Did you notice that? I was like, I am so impressed. Somebody please make a clip out of that. <laughs> leave, leave, my, leave my compliment on there for William, too. <clears throat> God's fun. Amen. People just don't know what they're missing. You just engaged yourself in being on the schedule a lot more times, <laughs> William. You just don't know. <laughs> Hebrews 6.12. See, and religious people right now would be going, what is he doing? That is church. <laughs> Good gracious. Get a life. Relax. Be gentle. I had some fun for a moment. Forgive me. <laughs> William did too. He got complimented.
I told you I'm messing. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Would you put that up in the King James, please? So that you will not be sluggish, 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 slow to act, lazy. So that you will not be sluggish, Hebrews 6.12. In the King James, that you will not be slothful. You won't be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So God tells us to do this. He says that uh, through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. But he says uh, we understand that. So if you don't have patience, you're not going to inherit everything you should inherit. If you don't have faith, you're not going to inherit the things you should inherit. If you're lazy or undisciplined or slothful or sluggish, you're not going to inherit what you should. But what you want to do is you want to watch people that are receiving the promises of God and you want to follow their example. And you don't want to be sluggish about it. You don't want to be slothful about it. Be quick and take action to follow the things that they do. Take action to follow the things that they do. So I know of some godly people. Let's read about them. Acts chapter 1. Hey, I know some godly people. I know some people that had some promises. There was a promise. Once upon a time, Jesus made a promise of the Holy Ghost. He said, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. Then there were some people who received the promise. Well, let's not be lazy about those. Let's go and let's see what they did to receive the promise. They had faith and patience. What did they do? Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And it says, these all with Acts 1.14, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. They were continually, 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 without stop, continually, continually. These are people who received the promise, continually devoted, given to, steadfast, attentive to. They, they were very attentive to. Uh, prayer got their attention, and they were constantly allowing prayer to get their attention. They were persevering and not fainting. Have you ever gotten a revelation at church sometime and uh, you're like really excited and you're leaving Sunday morning? You're like, God, that was so good. Lord, you, you talked to me. I received something from you. I heard that word. I'm going to do it. And then like three months later, somebody says, do you remember that one time? You're like, what one time are you talking about? Because it's like it was great that day and great that moment, but then you're not attentive to it and it's slowly fades away and then all of a sudden you don't even remember that it happened because we weren't attentive to it. 
That's the way many times what people are because they don't put, make God a priority in their lives. That's the way that they are. And so they're not devoted to the words that God says. You remember? Think about this. Remember what I was saying earlier about uh, the word that he gave us for our house? He said, I have given you this place for many years. What if I wouldn't have devoted myself to go back and revisit that word and stand and make that word fresh, meditate on that word day and night? I would have never caught that in that word, that house was already given to us. Yeah. It's already given to us. Now see, at the, at the exact moment, at least a second ago, we still have a mortgage on the house and we still owe money on that house. But in the spirit, I've already been given that house. It's ours. I have received it. And God's working that now. And, I, and I'm just positioning myself to receive it the way I need to. And I got my ears open to move into that place at any moment. But what if I wouldn't have been devoted to, to the word, to meditate on the word day and night that I might make my way successful? What if I wouldn't have been dedi dedicated to that and devoted to it? I would have never caught that it was already ours. Now we're going to receive that word in our lives. We're going to receive the full manifestation of that house being given in that way. I have no doubts about that whatsoever. But what if we wouldn't have given ourselves to be devoted to that word? We would have missed it. Well, many times people are missing the thing of God and they're missing it because they're not devoted to prayer. These guys were continually devoted to prayer. Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer. We're supposed to be known as a house of prayer. We're supposed to be a house of prayer. At our core, we're supposed to be a house of prayer that's praying and continually devoted to it. Prayer, and you write, this is the title of this short little message. In Jesus' name, short. Prayer is our work. It's our work. Prayer is our work. He says, follow those who inherit the promise. Well, we know that these guys were in the upper room. They were continually devoted to what? Prayer. To prayer. Should we follow their example? Have we? Do you don't have to answer that. Have we? No. Should we? Yes. Have we? No. Should we? Yes. Have we? No. Then something's got to change. Okay, Lord, I make the switch. If you'll learn to make those switches in your life just that easy, ooh, life gets so much easier and so much better, so much quicker. Okay, I'll give myself to prayer. We, I, I was, like I said, I was telling Marky, man, this noontime prayer, I'm telling you, we've done it a couple of times before over the years where the Lord told us we're going to go through at least August noontime prayer, and every day it seems to get sweeter and sweeter. Every time we've done it, we get to the end of it like, I don't want to quit. I don't want to quit. I don't want to stop. Like we're sad that it's stopping. Even though at the beginning of it, it seems like it's a task and a chore because it's taking our time. But when you start to give yourself to it, all of a sudden you find out, man, God's there. When we prayed the other day, God showed up. I'm telling you, on Friday, God showed up. It was like we were praying, boom, 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 boom. You should go back and watch it. We're praying, and we're talking about these same verses so you can hear this again and get it in your spirit again. Well, I already heard that message. No, you didn't hear that one. Right. Something re different released that day. There'll be something different released tonight. Same scriptures, probably some of the same words. Something different. I was praying tonight. I said, I said, Lord, what do you want to do? Boom, 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 boom. What do you want to do? I'm just praying. What do you want to do? He said, prayer is your work. 
Prayer is our work. Our work. Prayer is our work. They were continually devoted and they didn't faint from prayer. They didn't faint. They gave themselves to prayer. They gave themselves to prayer. Do you realize to give yourself to something, you've got to give up something else? Maybe it's lunch. Maybe it's the time. They gave themselves to prayer. They were devoted. This is the work. Now, what's interesting is we know in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, the promise comes. But here's what's neat. In other words, have you ever been praying for something? Lord, you ever needed healing or you need a breakthrough in your finances and you just like, you know, maybe you did something special to ask the Lord for something and like you went after it and then you received that healing or you received those finances and then what happened to what you were doing afterwards? Anybody ever had a need and it's like, all of a sudden, while you had that need, you got holy. <laughs> you got holy while you had the need. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm praying now, right? Because you had a need. I'm reading my Bible now. And then the need gets fixed because God loves you. He loves us, right? And then what happened to the holiness? Right? like a vapor. And what you find out is I wasn't really a prayer or a Bible reader at heart. I just did it because I had a need. Yeah, it was a payment till I got there. But see, there's a difference when, see, we're supposed to follow people that have re received the promise, but what's interesting about this, look at this, now they were continually devoted to prayer and then what, what came? The promise. Now look here, Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. Now after the promise had come, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. See, it wasn't just a one-time thing. This is who they were. They gave themselves to prayer. They gave themselves to prayer. Why? Because prayer releases the power of God. Now, going into this week, we're going to start on, on... We're not teaching in our prayer time, but we are going to give something to focus on. And we're going to talk about the principles of prayer, the presence, and the power. Let me, let me see if I said it right. We're going to talk about the purpose of prayer, the principles, and the power of prayer. That will start tomorrow at noon. Actually, it started a little bit last week, but you're hearing part of that tonight. Why, why are we praying? Because there's a power. There's tremendous power by the prayer of a righteous man, dynamic in its working. When we pray, stuff happens, or at least it should. But many times when people pray, stuff doesn't happen. But it should be powerful all the time. Again, just like the finances earlier, I'm looking for somebody who will stand up and say, it's going to start working for me. If it's supposed to be working, then it's going to work for me. I'm, I'm not going to take it not working. Lord, help me see what I'm missing. Right? Prayer is powerful. And you see here that it's not just powerful, but this is what men who received the promise, men and women who received the promise, this is what they did. They were devoted to prayer. They were continually devoted. And look what happened as a result. Verse 43. 
everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. This was not socialism. Socialism is commanded. This was giving based off of the love in their heart. It's totally different, totally different motivator. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God, listen, and having favor with all the people. Would anybody like favor with all the people? Oh, yeah. Would you like favor with all the people on your job, all your customers, all, your, all, you know, all the people? It, it gets that way as we do what God's commanded us to do in his word. As we do the work and we put ourselves in the position to give of ourselves, it, it does it. And then it says, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Would you like that day by day we had people being saved? Would you really like it? Well, what if he asked you to do something crazy to make it happen? Then would you like it as much when it comes back to taking up my time and my effort? See, and that's what holds a lot of people back. Again, God's not the priority. Their life is. But here's what I want you to see. There's a lot of great benefits that are coming out of this. And it says they were continually devoted to prayer. It was their work. And then, you know, one of the things that I see in, in 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. What if when people walked in here on Sunday morning, can you imagine they come in through that door, and it's like, whoa. Are there something different about this place? Something different. And we've had those testimonies. Just last week we had that testimony. Something different here. But it should be something that's all the time. Look, look what else. Verse 43. And many, not just a few, many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. So I don't care who signs and wonders take place through, but let's just call it a pastor here, just through the, through the gift at the house, that pastor. What if many signs were taking place through the pastor, right? See, I'm looking for some people that will say, Lord, I want that in my house. I'm planted here. I want this in my home church. I want to see a sense of all. I want to see. And if it takes me praying to do it, I'm willing to give that to you. I will give you my prayer. I will give you specific time to do it. Lord, bring a sense of all. Bring many signs and wonders. I'm tired of not seeing it. And if you think that we've been seeing what's normal to God, you're fooling yourself. We're not. We're seeing above average, but that doesn't mean that we're at God's normal. We're just scratching the surface. We're bar- I mean, we're barely touching the bottom rung, really. We're, we're just beginning to see what God has poured out. And we're seeing it, but we're just beginning to see. I'm looking for some people to say, hey, that's available. If, if we will become a house of prayer and you need some people to give themselves to prayer, I'll give myself to prayer. I will give myself to prayer. Exodus 18.20, you don't have to turn there. You can write it down. Exodus 18.20 says this. Jethro is talking to Moses. He says this. Moses, you need to tell the people the work that they are to do. 
over in Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and verse 12. You don't have to go there, but it says this, that God, Jesus, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, and he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then uh, I'll, I'll read this to you so that you can just hear it. I don't want to misquote it to you. He gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for a purpose. And when you see this in verse 12, it says, For the equipping of the saints. In other words, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and, and teacher is to equip each saint. To equip them. If you could see them in a military sense, they would stand, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher would stand you up and they would help put your gear and tools on and so that you would carry it well and give you the strengths and the gifts and the tools that you need to do your job. Then it, then it says this, as you go on, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teacher are not there to do all the work. Right. They're there to equip the saints to do the work. Yeah. The work, in the King James it says, the work of ministry. I'm telling you that prayer is the work of ministry. And, and let's look at this one more place. And I want you to go here, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16. Rejoice when you feel like it. Rejoice when things are going your way. Everything's going my way. Rejoice when you feel good in your body. Rejoice when everybody's treating you nice at work. Rejoice always. Always. Tell your neighbor, he's talking to you, are you listening? <laughs> Rejoice always. Rejoice when your neighbor gets in your business. <laughs> Rejoice always. Always. Rejoice always. Did you know, I'm not an English major, but I'm pretty sure that this particular sentence, or half sentence because there's a semicolon, However you figure that, because I'm not an English major. I'm pretty sure it's in command form. Is this command form? It is? I'm glad. Are you an English major? You were? That's close enough, because I don't <laughs> care anyway. This is command form. Command form. Rejoice always. Always. Felicia's looking at me like, Pastor, you crazy. <laughs> Actually, I know what she's doing. She's enjoying watching the anointing flow because she knows what that feels like. Right? Tell me. She said, I was taking note of the military command and how God teaches that way. He says, be a good soldier, which is why we're going to do that series about you know, what the Marine Corps taught me. It's not, it's not about me. It's not about the Marine Corps. It's just 
how to apply certain principles like that. But here's one of the things is um, when you rejoice always, that's a command. That's not something that we should set to the side. Not something that we should set to the side. George, what's the first, uh, the first order? General order. Do you remember? Look it up real quick. And let me just, it's been a long time since I've had to memorize them, so I don't have them memorized anymore, but I used to because I had to, but it wasn't who I am, so I forgot them. <laughs> Go ahead. I will quit. Okay, come up here, because I definitely got to have your James, James Earl Jones voice when you do this. All right, and don't go too fast. I will guard everything within the limits of my post. All right, back the mic off a little bit there. Okay, good. And quit my post only when properly relieved. I will obey my special orders and perform all of my duties in a military manner. I will report violations of my special orders, emergencies, and anything not covered in my instructions to the commander of the relief. So the short version is I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. Only when properly relieved and read the next one. I will obey my special orders and perform all of my duties in a military manner. I will perform my orders, my commands. Thank you, sir. I will perform my orders and commands, and I won't stop doing it until I'm relieved. Have we been relieved from rejoice always? No. Now, see, the reason, at, at the very least, I couldn't quote it to you, but at the very least, I knew what was there. You know, I need to take orders, and I need to keep doing them until I'm relieved from doing them, right? I couldn't quote it. I'm sorry. I'm, it's been a while. Couldn't believe it when I went down to Paris Island. It had been 20 years since I was there last, and uh, now it's been longer since then. And uh, but my point is that many times we don't have a mindset of absolute towards the things that God has said, and that's what's causing us a problem because we've not been taught and excellence and keeping our commands and and keeping. You know, for me, it's not hard because I was you know, raised in, in that way of thinking. When God says to do something, I just keep doing it until he tells me not to. You know, like Forrest Gump. Why did you put that gun together so fast? Because you told me to, drill sergeant. It's really simple. That's why he, was, he is really simple. Because you told me to. Do you know how easy life gets if you'll just get, because you told me to, God? Like, I won't call you Forrest. You'll be blessed. Nobody will pick on you because you'll be so blessed. They won't want to talk about you because you just hear from God and be obedient. Why are you rejoicing when it looks crazy down there? Because you told me to, God. That sounds silly, and people laugh. But if you did it, do you know how easy life would get? Verse 17, 
Is this command form? Verse 17? Just checking. Pray without ceasing. Prayers are work. You crazy Christian, why are you still praying? Because you told me to, God. Well, nobody else is. I'm not relieving my post until you tell me differently. I'm not letting go. Um, No, you told me to pray and don't stop. You told me to be continually devoted to prayer. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on. A house of love and prayer. Jesus said, my father's house is a house of prayer. So if we're not a house of prayer, are we our father's house? Continually devoted to prayer. It's our work. We need to be praying. And when we pray, we need to be praying in faith. And when we pray in faith, we need to be believing that we have received. We need to be in expectation. And watch what happens if you continue to do and and fulfill the commands and the orders. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. And what he's saying is, you see the period there at uh, the end of verse 18... That's the finish of the sentence. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's command. All of those things are in the same command structure. This is all God's will for every believer that believes. This is an order given from heaven. This is our orders. These are our military orders from heaven. And if we'll just get, Lord, I'm doing it because you told me to do it. In everything, give thanks. Give thanks when you feel bad. Give thanks when you feel when you don't feel bad. Give thanks when it looks good. Give thanks when it doesn't. I rejoice always. I give thanks always. And I pray always. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And if we will decide, all right, hey, it says it. I'm going to just put it on. All of a sudden. You will step into a place in God, and it'll be hard for the devil to beat beat you down. See, it's the thing about the military is that if everybody does their job, they are hard to be beat. You remember hearing about Vince Lombardi and playing football. He said, guys, they're going to know what play we're going to run, but we will run the play so well they can know what's coming, and they won't be able to stop us, right? If everybody in the military upholds their orders and the order is a good plan, it's almost impossible to beat them because they, there's not a gap. There's not a weak link. Everything is in place. But I'm talking about a man-made plan. Well, this one, we're not talking about a man-made plan. We're talking about a plan made by God. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks. This is God's work for us to do. And what happens if we do the work of God? Let's look at this. Verse uh, 20, or excuse me, 19. Do not quench the spirit. He goes on. He gives us a little bit more. Don't despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And then watch, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. 
He will bring it to pass. Uh, just the other day on Friday, we were talking about this verse, and we said we're just going to pray. We're going to devote ourselves to prayer. And, and guess what? The God of peace who sanctifies us, he showed up and started sanctifying us. I mean, we were all praying. We were all Shandai and Shundarakam. We're praying in the Holy Ghost, sitting here. And almost at the exact same time, everybody went. And I mean, it got quiet. And the presence of God moved into this place. I mean, the power of God was there. Like nobody had said a word. It was awesome. Why? Because he did exactly what he said he would do. You do your part, I'll do my part. And the God of peace himself came in and sanctified this place. It was so peaceful in here. And then Marky was in the spirit for another hour after we quit. That was 30 minutes. She was in the spirit for another hour after that. Prayer is our work. And so what I want us to do is I want us to pray. I want us to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want us to do our work. But I don't want us to forget our work when we leave here. If you can make it to noontime prayer, make it to noontime prayer. But I want us to pray. And here's, here's what I want us to do. We're going we're gonna to go off the broadcast in just a minute. So you can get that ready and just put the slide up. Let it sit for about a minute. But I, we're going to cut off the mic and cut off the broadcast. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, in Jesus' name, we will keep your commands. In the name of Jesus, we will rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye, Internet. Everybody say, bye, Internet. Bye, Internet.